better throw some respect on my name. Gotta rip my knees, folks, on the daily. Cause I ain't really been myself fast lately. My mind's evolving and my heart is changing. Starting to see the world how it should be. It's positively sweet. You can talk with your hands as long as you want to and everything. But you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's hit it. All right, get it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode from Boys to Men. I'm your host, Terry Mr. King. And today I got a, a very close friend of mine on this show that's going to brighten a lot of y'all's, how I put this, intellect on a lot of different to- topics that most people are scared to talk about or have this conversation about. But if we don't have these conversations, we can never get past these barriers. So I'm going to allow my friend himself to introduce himself. And after that, y'all, y'all in for one hell of a show. Hi y'all, I'm Hunter Lyons. So I, uh, I'm a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> you, you want me to talk like life tell, story? Tell, tell them, uh, matter of fact, tell them a bit about your life story. Tell them about the, uh, the many things you, you're a part of. <laughs> yes, sir. And matter of fact, just tell them about the many things you're a part of. We're going to get into all the other stuff a little bit later. Okay, so I, I work at the University of West Florida. Can, uh, I'm getting my master's degree uh, in, in being a higher education administrator. So what I do currently. Yes, sir. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm involved in a lot of different things. I was deeply involved in SGA. Yes, sir. Uh, in undergrad. Uh, I did a lot of student activism. Uh, I'm a spoken word poet. A spoken word. Yes, yes sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, I, I'm just kind of, I, I wear a thousand hats. Hey, there's nothing wrong with it. I think any anybody being productive, goal-oriented, wears many, many hats. <laughs> Yeah, if someone told me they only wear one hat, I'm like, yeah, you're 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 complacent in where you're at. So you're finding the things that make sense for you. You're finding the way to connect to people and do good in the world. Exactly. But yeah, let me go ahead. All right. So we was talking a little bit about life story. So you want to go ahead and give them a little bit of background about your life story? Okay. Yeah. So I, I uh, I'm from Ohio originally. Yes, sir. Uh, middle of absolute nowhere, town of like less than a thousand people. I'm about to say, what part of Ohio are you from? Uh, Jefferson County. So here's the border <laughs> to West Virginia, physically right on the other side, down down the road through some hills and some <laughs> the foothills of Appalachia. So are uh, these. So that song, uh, West Virginia is talking about that that little yeah. Walk well, so that so West the, the West Virginia song is is particularly obviously about West Virginia, but it's really kind of this like the Appalachia region. You know yeah, what I mean? No, like kind of like these, this this rural your rural poor. You know, it's like there's this history of like resistance. You got like moonshiners. You got you got kind of like the yes. unions. There were like all these big fight, big battles. So you know, Blair Mountain was where all these people were trying to get unions, and the government mm-hmm. came in and they literally killed each other. The government sent and killed thousands of people. It's a whole thing, but that's the, that, that's Appalachia. So, but, but I, I was only there till I was about ten. Okay. So we, when I was about ten, yeah. my dad had a lifetime of of his own trauma. Yeah. And he said, "Fuck this place." <laughs> said, "Fuck this place." <laughs> there was there's nothing to do. All you do, I, I love I love back home. Yeah. I'm glad that I got out because it's a thing where living in such rural poverty, all you have access to is shooting animals, watching football. And drinking beer—that's <laughs> their entire lives. Welcome and, to the south. <laughs> and, and and they connect sometimes to other things. Yeah. But it's a thing where if you want to go do the other things that make a community, yeah. you got to drive an hour. We want to go to Walmart, hour and a half drive. We get like a convoy. We roll up to Walmart with like two cars and like load up a month's worth of food. We had a gas station. That was the only thing in the town. When I was real little, we had a little uh, little little grocery store. There weren't enough people in the town. People kept moving out. Yeah. All they had was a gas station by the time I moved. 
So you got to think it's a very it's a very different lifestyle. The only Damn. school was an elementary school. My brothers, uh, thankfully, I didn't have the that. My brothers had like a half hour hour drive to their school when they were because they were older. God, God damn. Yeah, so it's it's a very different lifestyle. Uh, I I enjoyed it. I look I look fondly on you know like jumping off of railroad tracks into rivers <laughs> and like good old country boys and like you know like <laughs> climbing through graveyards and doing dumb shit with my homies. You know what I mean? Like I enjoyed it, and I had I had you know some friendships. I was a child, but yeah. I, I enjoyed it. But I'm very glad that I got out. So I'm my dad said. We're going to go up this mountain of crap, <laughs> and we're going to move to Florida. Everyone's moving to Florida. We're going to move to Florida. They don't, if anybody, they're doing the same thing right now. <laughs> Everybody's moving to Florida. Precisely. So he, when he was in the Navy, yeah. he liked Pensacola. He had training here. So he said, this is where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to zoom in, and I'm going to get out of here, and I'm just going to move to Florida and make it work. So we came to Pensacola, the west side. <laughs> we ain't got money. In the hood. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, but I loved it. I mean, I don't know. It's a... Uh, there ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a beautiful community. Fact. Now, does everybody have roofs? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, you just be driving down the block. Yeah, there's shingles missing. There's whole roofs. It just, it'd be what it be. It'd be a whole size of houses missing. Yeah, it'd be what it be. I mean, people are struggling, right? But Fact. it's, um, I, 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 I love my experience on the West Side. Unfortunately, my dad had a lifetime of medical issues. Yeah. He was exposed to Agent Orange during his time in the Navy. Oh, shit. All sorts of shit. He, he passed away, like, very soon after we moved. And my mother has a series of mental illnesses. Love her to death. I would die for that woman. She is the yeah. best mom I could ask for in any lifetime. Yeah. She just she struggled with her own issues, and it became a thing where I went into foster care. Yeah. And that was even worse. <laughs> you know, and it, it was kind of this cycle where the system of care is designed to get you back with your family. Yeah. So you're so you're taken from your family. They want to get you back. And I was a very charismatic young man. So I'd roll up to court. In like a suit that was not fit, that did not fit me, and I'd be like, uh, "Your Honor, I want to be back with my mom, and uh, here's my forty step plan, and uh, I'm gonna make it work." And we, I'd get back with my mom, and she would have a crisis, and I go back into care, yeah. and then it was just this repeat the cycle over and over. And my mom was doing the utmost that she could, but she was not set up to succeed. You know, as as a, as a woman with disabilities, all of these things, she just did not have the resources she need needed to to get to a good place in life at that point in time. And you got to think she spent a lifetime leaning on my dad, yeah. who handled so much. And then without him, she suddenly had to be this single parent, and to learn all the skills that she did not learn because those were the things that he handled. So that so that was tough. And foster care was hellish. There were a lot of, lot of dark moments. I, th I think back to like there was this one time I was with this in this one placement, where I was just on an air mattress, which happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? In, in like the spare room of, of this of this woman, and she had she 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 did Avon. She was she was obsessed with Avon, and she had this mount, this mountain of boxes next to my air mattress oh, of heavy shit. And I'm just lying there. It's two in the morning because I, I never sleep. <laughs> I have a horrible relationship with sleep. That's just part of how I've coped. Is I, I'm up at night. That's when I can be myself. That way you can think and everything too, and like sort out what I'm gonna do with my life. Yeah. So I'm up at night, and this mountain of boxes falls on me <laughs> at like two in the morning, and it wasn't loud, so nobody knew. <laughs> I dead ass was just like. Because I was, I was like 12. I didn't know how the world worked. I thought I would like suffocate. So I'm just sitting there like, okay, cool. I'm going to just let, I'm going to just die. <laughs> I'm just like sitting under this mountain of boxes like, oh, it's fine. It happens. And then bro, eventually like they come in they're like, what are you doing? I'm just like, nothing I can do. These boxes are too heavy. I'm just stuck. <laughs> so I feel like that sums up the foster care experience, frankly, in a nutshell. A whole bunch of boxes laying on top of you. That you yeah. Exactly, it's a good metaphor. But I will say, my last placement was kind of that final, that that refuge that I needed to get me in life. So okay. it was this very wonderful. Uh, all of a sudden, had a black mama. 
and you know, it's always the black mama that take care and make you make everything good. Yeah, and you know Sunday dinners and all the family was just the sweetest people in the darn world, you know. Thanks. And just she taught taught me how to make all this delicious food. She, I mean, changed my life, got me on a good path, you know. And then, you know, I end up I'm like, well, uh, I kind of wanted to go in the military, and I was like, never mind. <laughs> Trust me. I mean, I I had heard from all the all my all my homies that went in like all the lifetime of like psychological horror and abuse and military. I mean, military is military. Yeah. But, hey, but that's they, the reason why I'm making this show because look, I, I deal with a lot of stuff that just from my little time in the military is yeah. It, 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 it's a strain. I mean, yeah. I I could tell that my dad still carried the weight of his service. I mean, it literally, frankly, killed him. <laughs> that's why I, I I mean, my, my mom gets benefits as a result of that because he it was due to his service, his exposure to Agent Orange. And, and different things of that nature. That's, that's yeah. Crazy. So so that was a thing. But and I was kind of like, okay, so what am I gonna do? So my caseworker he says, Hunter, you get free college. I'm like, I get free college? I never <laughs> thought I was gonna go to college. Frankly, I thought I was gonna die before I'm twenty years old. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? This college thing seems like kinda dumb. Cause I hated school. Public school is a joke. I loved my school. Fact. I had some teachers that changed my life. Ninety percent of the teachers Fuck may say fuck school. Well they they, they, they weren't set up. To help us. Yeah. They didn't have the tools that they needed to deal with what was going on in their lives to show up for us and, and mentor us and help us grow. Ooh, damn. I ain't never think about it like that. So, so I think of, for example, so I wanted to get out so bad of foster care. Yeah. I wanted to be on my own. That I was a junior in high school, and I said, okay, I can graduate early. So I said, I'm doing. I'm taking my junior year classes, and I'm going to take the online classes. So I'm taking these, these four classes, and I'm going to take online classes, and I'm going to do my junior and senior year at the same time. And I did all of that. And my guidance counselor did not believe that I could do it. So I was telling her, I was like, ma'am, I'm going to do this. This is my crazy plan. I'm going to make it work. If it don't work, we'll deal with it. Yeah. And she, could, she could not care less. She was like, uh-huh, whatever, get out. <laughs> and this is a Pine Forest High School. And I love Pine Forest, but that was my understand, experience. Understand. And then the end of the spring comes around, and I'm like, ma'am, I passed all my courses. <laughs> I'm fit to graduate. And she's like. Because <laughs> she didn't register for me with graduation, yeah. so I didn't get. I had all my homies that were seniors. I didn't get to walk with them. Oh, so shit. all of that was taken from me because my community was not set up to support my specific situation, Ooh. and they did not treat me seriously. However, I still got. I still got to walk. It was me and ten other dudes in the Pensacola High School uh, <laughs> auditorium, and it was the most awkward fifteen minute graduation <laughs> ceremony in the world. Like the one you see on the TV show. I'm saying, I was like, you know what? It's something. I'm gonna I'm celebrate yeah. it. I'm gonna enjoy it with my people, and I, you know, I have my people show up with me. So it, it, it was, it, 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 it was different. So all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, like I got a life. I'm not gonna actually. I'm, I'm actually becoming an adult, and I'm not gonna die. <laughs> you accomplished something. That's what I was saying. So I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna go to college, and I was like. Frankly, I know this is going to go horrible, but I'm going to try my best anyway. <laughs> but I think that's with life, too. Most people don't – they they look at it like, oh. Uh, Your expectations are down here. And exactly. you're like, if I don't think nothing's good going to happen, frankly, if nothing good happens, oh, well, I'd oh, do that. Right. And then if good things happen, I'm like, oh. Exactly. That's cool. <laughs> exactly. Most Yeah, most people, they're scared to even take that jump. And, and, and that's what I'm saying. It's horrifying because I was sitting there. I'm like, okay, well, like, what am I going to study? And you have no clue. You're a no. child. I mean, 18-year-olds are children. You yeah. do not have, you don't know your identities. You do not know your goals, your values. You're forming the core bits of who you will be for the next 80 years. We live long. Yeah. People live to 80, 90, 100 years old now. Facts. And I'm saying by the time we're 80, they'll probably live to 120, 140. Damn. 
You got to think. It's getting. I mean, medicine is advancing. Advancing. So my point is, Damn. you have no clue who you'll be when you're 40. Because when you're 40, frankly, I think at that point you're at a point where you're like, you've settled into who you will be for the rest of your life. Yeah. It might change a little bit, but most people, you're gonna have found the routines and the identities that form who you, you are. Exactly. So okay. college, to me, I didn't take it seriously, but I realized very quickly. I came in and I was like. Wow, they actually treat you with respect here. <laughs> it's the first place in my life where I'm being dignified and welcomed and included. And I'm like, people actually want to hear what I got to say and they want to include me in things. And I'm like, my professors are actually nice people that don't make yes. fun of me for showing up to class late in like high school. I would sleep in class. I never slept at home. Mm-hmm. And and I would get I would get harassed by teachers because they're like, oh, you're so lazy and sloppy. I remember I, I failed my my algebra class, oh, yeah. uh, ninth grade, because my teacher would come up and whack me with rulers, and she'd be like, Hunter, you never do your homework. I'm like, you know what happens when I get home? I go, I get beat. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got time to get homework. I'm busy getting beat. And then I was like, then you come here, I come here and you beat me too. That's what I'm saying. I, I needed a hug yeah. and some resources. But see, I got that. I think in eighth grade, yeah. I had this I had this one teacher. His name was Mr. Ewing. Changed so much of my trajectory. He didn't even do much. Him and uh, another one, Miss Jacobs, they sat, but they sit, they sit you down and they say, they see what's going on and they personalize the way that they're supporting you and they show up when others didn't. That changed the tra- trajectory of my life. Just showing up. Most people don't understand. Like, if you show up for your kids, it changes everything. It changes everything. You, it's it's, it's the, the trajectory. It's like where I was going, I was going to land at, at McDonald's. <laughs> and they, they gave me that little boost, and I went past McDonald's and landed at university. <laughs> hey, sometimes it takes just a little boost. But shoot. But no, and so you fail algebra. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and so, so, but my point is so at college, it wasn't like that. I had like professors that were like, Actually, being like good people to be. Because most people don't. It's the most. I remember when I first came to college. Mm-hmm. I looked at the, the way that you was looking at it at the beginning. Mm. Because I was like, man, fuck. why am I here? I just need this degree. Let me get in, no, get out. The only reason why I even went to college in the first place, I was about to be a marine. Mm-hmm. My mom would not sign the papers because at the time I was seventeen, mm. and I had shoulder, I had shoulder surgery during the basketball season. So there was a lot of waivers I had to go through and like different things. I was still in the healing process. Mm-hmm. So knowing or the circumstances, I was like, oh, all right. My grandma was like, I don't want you to go. She's like, go to college. Go to college. I'll, we'll pay for it. I was like, but that's the only reason why I didn't want to go to college. Because I was like, man, I'm not about to have my family pay for it. Knowing, mm-hmm. Well, like, and, and that's an know. opportunity so many people are not lucky to get. Exactly. And that's what, for me, I was in the same spot. Yeah. Funnily enough. I was fit to enlist in the Marines as well. <laughs> I, and I, I had signed in everything. I had a Ooh. date. I was going to PT three times a week. I was frankly oh. deeply unhealthy. And also, I, was, <laughs> I would not have made it. <laughs> However, comma, I think that the recruiter would have beat me into shape if I really wanted. Yeah. But it came a point where my caseworker sat me down and said, Hunter, the state of Florida is going to pay for your college because you're, you grew up in foster care. Yeah. And this is a time thing. And if you go into the military, you're not going to get that. I went, like, well, let me get that. Yep. I'll, take, I'll take free college. I'll take free college for 200 please. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what I'm saying. So and it came in, and all of a sudden, it was this 180 to where I was like, whoa, I can actually think about more than just survival. Because when you're in survival mode, it's, you, you are not – you're purely it. like, what? where am I sleeping? Where am I eating? You never get to think, what am I gonna, where am I going to be in a year? Who do I want in my life? What, what am I building what am I leaving behind? Yes. And that was the first time in life where I could have those conversations with myself. And it, it just it changed everything. So I got to sit down and be like, I'm not the only one dealing with these things. Yeah. All of us are being just 
bombarded, just just dealing with this these endless crises in our lives. And I got to say, well, how do I help? How do I how do I how do I find my peace? You know, how do I how do I chip in and, and battle these structures that that hurt us? Facts, because that's trauma. Mm-hmm. A lot of traumatic experiences that overlap each other and they overlap each other. It gets so many kids down because they're like, man, all they get used to is being let down and just more trauma. Mm-hmm. So they and never it's just know. these cycles. Exactly. And then, like you said, really funny about it, you graduating, kind of, and the teacher talking to you that one time mm-hmm. kind of shifted your whole trajectory of your whole life. Yep. And I'm not going to say you could have made it in the Marine. Anybody can make it as a No, but that's the thing. I have buddies who, who didn't get that, and they went into the military. And I think of the, the where they landed. They landed four years later uh, with uh, way too much debt, yeah. a Camaro that they don't need. <laughs> Trust me, when you get in the military, the first thing they give when you get a credit card in there, yeah. and they don't teach you your financial I'm st- saying, bro. Hey, and and I, a GI Bill that they will not use, and a lifetime of more trauma. What they needed yeah. was careful guidance. And, and support and community, and what they got was get in line and do your shit. Yeah, no, because the funny thing about it, when we come down, like how I told you, my mom, them told me not to go in the military. See, when it came to the time where I actually just decided to enlist in the military, the same people that told me not to were just harassing me, like, well, shit, nobody else wants you, Uncle Sam wants you. So I'm like, bro, I feel like I'm displaced because I do not feel like I'm at home here. Mm-hmm. And one, you, you, the reason why I'm not. Already, where I was trying to be at, and you and you ended up serving, right? And I ended up going to the Navy instead of the Marines because they're the first people to call me. <laughs> that's <laughs> was, really what I it was. Comes, I was like, that's <laughs> why I was Marines because the Marine recruiter was the nicest one, and she, she went above and beyond. And so I was like, you know what, yeah. like, you guys, you guys can be the one that get me. <laughs> exactly. No, and like by them being the first people to call me, mm-hmm. you know, I know I could have went to Marines office. Because like my mom, whole big thing. The grandma was like, "Oh, Marines, you're the only son. Your mom's the only son. You gonna die in combat." I was like, Shit. "I was like, I'm the only son. I mean, I can't go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Technically, but the job that I had was paralegal, so I was being like a mm-hmm. legal assistant. So I could have been. What, what was that like? How, how did you? I, I didn't go. I didn't get that because I didn't go Marines. So I wasn't the Navy. Oh, I'm talking with Navy. So what was your? What was I your ended job going in as an engineer because I turned out everything they had to do coming back to Pensacola. Because mm. I was so tired of you didn't want to bounce around the world. Exactly, I was like, man, I don't, I don't want to be here no more. I ain't want to be in the location no more. And at the point you see certain fa- certain friends out there spilling the world, I'm here working at Kids Foot Locker, <laughs> and I was like, bro, I got some. How, how, how do you escape this? Exactly, and the way I escaped it was military. That's what I'm saying. We, we all we all are searching for that way out. You know, what I mean? exactly. that, that, that key out of out of poverty, yeah. out of out of destitution, out of hopelessness. Because at first, I had to look at it it's like, man, mom, y'all y'all the reason why I'm even at school. I ain't even want to go to school. Y'all made me y'all made me go to school. Mm. And then, even though I had a choice at the end of the day, but realized then I didn't realize that because. I live with my parent, my mom and grandma. Mm-hmm. So at the time, I was like, I really don't got no choice. My grades wasn't good enough for me to go to USA like I had planned it. Mm-hmm. Actually, I planned the last couple months going of high school. Oh, I'm excited I'm going to college. Yep, that's, I was the exact same. I applied yeah. uh, this two months before the <laughs> first I, semester. So I had well, to go to PSC. Literally, I, my first semester was fall 2017. I applied like July. <laughs> that's, not, that's literally how it is. And then look. Because nobody's there to hold. Like you, you think many people are yeah. fortunate to have somebody that sits them down and says, let's set your goals. They do that three years in advance. People yes. like us. 
we we we, we, we all of a sudden somebody's like, hey, you're gonna walk in two months, and then they leave, and you're like, you're sitting there like, what, what do I do? <laughs> nobody, like, nobody's at the school, here. And like at the school, I was like, now, what's next? Mm-hmm. And it's like sports didn't work out because of injuries. I can go to Marines because family. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, fuck, what am I supposed to do? So I went to college, started working the job, created more debt. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, man, I can go in the military. At least I get a, I get somewhere to eat and sleep, and then I can go see the world. Mm-hmm. They fucked up on my contract either way because I actually was supposed to be reserved because my plan was to come back here, finish up school, mm-hmm. then go in as an officer. Mm-hmm. And, then, and they were going to like tuition assistance, things like that. Yeah. But. Uh, the fine print. No, uh, they actually just fucked up. Because uh, when I went it'd to be the, like that, it'd be like that. Frankly, when I went to uh, when I got out, they give you original contract, and it said clear as day, reserves. <laughs> I was like, y'all bitches, motherfuckers, don't fuck me up. So, Look, so, so they put you in as active duty. Yes, I, I got stationed in Hawaii, which I do not regret one bit because the relationships I made in active duty and the friendship like and the growth I mean you're, yeah you're, the growth you're, in you're, general you're, you're, it's, it's sink or swim and you gotta you gotta make it and I, I saw <laughs> but see when, I mean you didn't drown you're here today yeah, yeah. And, and frankly you should not have had to sink yeah but you sunk and you came up grasping for breath and you landed here back back to the place where I <laughs> back home back ran, here back where I ran from and it's so funny cause it was like ran to circles man alright Let's get into deeper, more about you, because these people need to know more and more about you. Okay. Because hey, you're a part of a specific type of community. Yes, sir. That also experienced a lot of hate towards that community. Absolutely. Which is called, I call y'all alphabet people. Uh, alphabet mafia. <laughs> Look, alphabet mafia, yeah, all right. I think I told you before. Too many damn man, letters for me to keep There's up with. There's just more and more acronyms. And they keep adding more and more, so I'm like. You're just the alphabet people now. Yes, sir. The alphabet mafia, the council people. Cancel them now. Cancel them now. Uh, you're the LBGT community. Yes, sir. Yeah, I am I am bisexual. Yes, sir. All right. Well, I don't know. Did you come out to your parents before your father died, or was this like... It's a thing where I see that that's the thing to unpack your identity. You yeah. got to be in a place where you're safe. I, I, I didn't even really grapple with that till I was an adult. Dang. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's a thing where like coming out is such a weird concept. People have this concept that I'm you're saying like, finding yourself. Oh, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm, I say more like finding yourself. Than no, 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 exactly. Uh-huh. What, what I'm saying. So, so as an adult, it, it was where I sat down and I was like, this is just my, this is just how I live. Yeah. I just there are people who have goodness in their heart and who bring beauty to the world, and I just want to, I, I just want to admire those people. Yeah. I mean, frankly, it's just that simple. It's the end of the day. Whatever body. Yeah. Whatever person. Whatever vibes, if you're if if we're on the same wavelength, if your vibes match mine, boom, simple as. But it's the thing where coming out so weird because people have this concept that you're like you're here and you're the closet, you're and then you come it. out. But everyone, everyone lives in a thousand different layers. So think so think like this. I I am out to some of my coworkers. Oh. It's 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 not a conversation I've had with some coworkers. Yeah. I know my coworkers are are very are very nice people, yeah. and I think that they would all be there would be nothing bad there. Yeah. But it's a thing where think of it like this. That you have identities that are forward-facing, right? You as a black man will be, will be perceived as a black man. Yeah, for the rest of your life. I want you to think of think of people who are white-passing, right? Yeah. It's the same thing where when you enter a space, people perceive you as the default. 
the default is a straight cis white man. Yeah. So people perceive you as that default. And so when I enter a space and I have a beard and I'm perceived as this masculine person, people and so on and so forth, people just simply perceive me as masculine white man. Exactly. That's and, and 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 that is the perception. And so and so that that becomes the way that in every single space you enter, you have to think about and keep this mental log. Is it safe for me to be known as who I am here? Am I known here? You, it's like I, you have like a spreadsheet in your head yeah. of like, oh, this person knows, but this person doesn't. And also when I'm here, I think I can say it here. But when I'm out here, I know I cannot say it. <laughs> and you have like literally this list. And you're right. Like it's, it's threat analysis. You're frankly calculating. If I tell this people. How they're going to react. If I tell this person, am I going to be denied job opportunities? Am I going to. Uh, are they going to are they are they going to go around telling people that I am not comfortable telling? Am uh, is is this something where I am very privileged to not have dealt with this? But I mean, we live in the South. Yeah. People people get hurt. Yeah. People get beaten. People get shot. People get killed. Right. right? And so that's something where I'm very thankful to have dealt with very little the violence associated with hatred. But that's something that that's a calculation. You know what I mean? It's like right. as you're living your life, you're always ready for that. Damn. Well, now, I, I can, yeah. And I, I, I'm I see, sure I see, you deal with this as a black man. Yeah, every I see day. that with black I'm men as well, because like like you said, because a lot of these struggles that most people don't see, like when it comes to race mm-hmm. or sexuality mm-hmm. or even religion, mm-hmm. it's like. They put you in this box, mm-hmm. and they can they will really torture you because you're a certain type of way. Your your beliefs are not the same as theirs, mm-hmm. and it comes real, real. Uh, how do I put it? Terrorist like. Oh, I mean, it's 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 hate, it's hate violence. I it's mean, hate it's, violence. It's, it's hate crimes. It's it's frankly. But yet, when you do it to them, it's it's called. Oh. All different types mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but no, my. my, my I remember you told me you was a you. I remember the beginning. You said spoken word. Yes, sir. I'm a poet. So I know you got some poetry about uh, the LBGT community. Yes, sir. Well, about, so, it was basically about what you just talked about. So, so two things. One. Okay. So words are weird, right? Langu- yeah. Language matters so much. For me, the yeah. word I like, and this is a contentious issue among, as you say, the alphabet mod- mafia. Yeah. The word I like. Yeah. Now again. Contentious, very nuanced. The word I like. I like to say queer because queer. Okay. When you say queer. It, it, one, it's a reclamation because that is a word that was thrown at us. Yeah. That, that was used as a method of violence to suppress us. That y'all using to empower y'all. And now I'm saying this is a word that I reclaim. You do not have power over me. Two. Yeah. It is frankly just easier. Yeah. Rather than saying, and that's not to say I see the value. So if you look at the, the acronym, right, the current like expanded uh, alphabet is like L, 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 LGBTQI two S plus. And 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 even, but see the list. issue is people say okay we're missing people right yeah. so LGBT you're missing intersex people who are deeply valid and also deserve respect yeah. you're missing asexual people you're missing indigenous people right so that's the two S two spirit so you're missing these people when you say only LGBT but that's why I find value in queer because queer is everyone it's huh. anyone who is not just a straight huh. 
cis person. Well, damn. Hey, so, so it's the, gonna, hey, for now on, I'm not gonna call nobody alphabet people no more. I'll call y'all court. Wait, well, but, but think about well, it. See, that, that's gotta, hard. Gotta watch that, it, that's yeah. that's where it's a thing where you yeah. kind of gotta negotiate it in the spaces you're in. So you yeah. say, so when you're when you're talking with people in your life, you say, how 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 do you prefer to be referred in this way? Yeah. I frankly, in the spaces I occupy, in the internet spaces, in the activist spaces. We all use the word queer, okay. but it's a hard thing. When where, someone else outside is, whereas an ally, you kind of have to, you kind of have yeah. to be very, you have to, you have to cautious that extra attention because yeah. you have to think, what is someone's relationship to this word? It's the same thing with all slurs. Yeah. So if you, if you're yeah. in a space and you, let's say you have a friend who came out to you, and you say, when we're talking about this, how, how do you want to be? How do you, you want me to address how, it? Yeah. And many of us feel empowered by the word queer. Some people don't. So that's where it's hard because it's like there's exactly. there's layers there's layers, but you were saying poetry. So I do have a poem. <laughs> I, know, I know you. I know you gotta have some. I got look, hundreds of poems. I yes. have never met no spoken word person that if they if it's something about their life they got some poem about oh, every little exactly. topic. <laughs> well, it, it, and that's the thing. It's art. I mean, this yeah. is it, it's really you, you know you tune in to what's going on in the world and and you you want to get it out. Yeah, you need some way to express it to capture that feeling in your gut. And, and to just throw it, to scream into the void. So the, I scream into the void through poetry. That's good. You scream into the world through podcasts. Yeah, we I, all have our I outlets. Think about like that. Some people paint. Some people break shit. <laughs> you heard about that where people go to like the, the, they pay the smash in the, rooms. Yeah, they go and they pay Honestly, fifty bucks to smash some pots. I, I really want to go and see how it, feels. it sounds therapeutic to exactly, be honest. Exactly, because like I, I, breaking stuff. Uh, instead of me breaking myself, I'd rather break something else. Get that energy out. <laughs> exactly. So, so this poem. Uh, is is a little it, it's 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 a little much. So just a warning, y'all. You may if 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 hey, you, if, it, you if, if you gonna get emotional about this topic, you may want to skip past. Yeah. But and, and it's two part. So the first part is kind of this story, and the second part is then kind of zooming out and talking about what's going on. Okay. Uh, but again, just a warning. Very serious uh, subject matter. So the title is abnormal in America, and here we go. As I exited the convenience store, emerging into the cacophonous downpour, it seemed to the man by the door that my mere existence was an eyesore. So he approached me screaming, we don't like your kind here. And there stood his friends smirking. They parroted his tribal cheer. My momentary internal discomfort was washed away by a wave of pain. I forgot some thought me a rodent. I longed for a life that was mundane. But I'm abnormal in America, a liability born in the wrong era, and according to them, a human chimera. Why did I dare to simply wear mascara? Then I opened my eyes and I saw blood on his hands. What a somber surprise to die by a stranger's hands. This, this is the story of countless loss to hate crimes and violence against the marginalized. The story of too many gay people, trans people, black people, so many more. I think of Zella Zayana, a black trans woman from Washington, D.C., but that is just one example of a hate crime against queer people. And there are many thousands more, like Mark Carson from New York City, who walking home from a knife out, a night out was held up at gunpoint and publicly executed. Or Harvey Milk, the first gay city supervisor of San Francisco who was assassinated with his friend, the mayor, by a political opponent. Or all the victims of the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando who went out to meet friends or maybe even lovers and never got to go home because of a murderous bigot. Or gay rapper Gypsta who was attacked in the subway and beaten so viciously that not only could he never rap again, but he needed fucking facial reconstruction surgery. 
or 11-year-old Carl Hoover, who after coming out at school and being harassed incessantly was alone one single night and hung himself. And a hundred thousand more bullied and beaten and battered because some believe this is a war and that none of us ever mattered. When you imply that being gay is a sin, or that it is bad, less than, dirty, unclean, unmasculine, feminine, degenerate, you are telling the murderers and the monsters and all those fuckers that it is okay for them to hate queer people as if we are abominations who deserve to die. So now that you know better, don't you dare just be neutral. That will make us lose another and another and another and another to suicide and to lynching and to execution and to murder. Because silence is compliance. Your neutrality grants permission to the oppressor. It looks the other way when we needed defiance and alliance. The only good way to live is to let love last. Because anything less than being an ally is vile, so stop preaching hate and living in the past. Then come and join the allies, rank and file. Damn, I'm, I, you had me up here, over here, like, I'm zoned in, like, damn. Yeah, that's a lot to unpack. Because the type of men and mostly that do that, type of hate crimes to those people they're not all men because a lot of people like I got gay friends mm-hmm. a couple of gay friends came out to me mm-hmm. I said yeah that's cool I been to you as gay <laughs> <laughs> and it was like you just now finally saying it yeah but I like, mean, we, we, people I, be staring at exactly. pr- staring at pretty much. it happens I mean it's, it's not like I'll be like bro we knew already mm-hmm. like, he's like what I was like yeah bro and it ain't going to change how I look at you. You're like, just living your life. I just said, this don't try me. I, I don't go that way. <laughs> but I was like, hey, I'm with you. I'm cool with you, but I don't swing that way. But, yep. uh, yeah, it's, it's like, and I I would hate any of my friends that are gay or queer or any type of le- lesbians or anything mm-hmm. to be treated like those people exactly. in their poem because life is so precious that we always try to find the the differences and belittle them so much where we're missing all the points where we're so much alike mm-hmm. and the good that is in people. And People simply want love. And some people, yeah. this is the other thing, some people don't even want love. Exactly. And, and that's equally valid. But think, so, so that's, the, that's the hard end. The hard yeah. end is a, it's a knife, it's a gunshot, yeah. right? All of the shades of violence that apply to queer queer people, yeah. that apply to people of color. I mean, it's it's a whole shade. So it, it's, yeah. it's 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 like, it's it's somebody. It's the it's the comments at work yeah. that keep you up at night and make you wonder that if your coworkers hate you. Yeah. I'm, I don't deal with that. Thankfully, my coworkers are angels. I love my coworkers. Yeah. But I have friends that deal with these things. It's 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 being in community and being seen as That's vile right. and living, breathing day in day out knowing that people see you this way, that you cannot simply be who you are. Damn. And that's and that's the messed up part about it. People always focus on other people than focus on themselves. And if you focus on ourselves and we work on our own issues, mm-hmm. stop pointing out everybody else's. Because, like, that's the thing about it. What you consider an issue to them is not an issue to them mm-hmm. half the time. And... That's just toxic mm-hmm. as crap. Like a lot of, I know there's such thing as toxic 
mess, uh, how you say it? Masculinity. Masculine people out there. Men, men, whose, people, men whose idea of men is frankly just based in violence and domination. Yeah, and some people try to say I'm, I'm a toxic masculine person. I don't know. I work out a lot, but I tell them I work out because I got depression. But uh, <laughs> no, exactly. Well, you you, yeah. you find outlets to be happy because yeah. like it, it comes, like especially in today's society, it's so hard to know where you at, especially as a man. What does it mean to be a man? Exactly. And, there's and, no, there's and, no, and, and this exactly. definition has changed everywhere. We all of us exist as men in, in different ways exactly. and beautifully different ways. Exactly. That's why I'm like, there's no one one definition of what a man is. Mm-hmm. But still, it's like you hear women talk down upon men. Mm. but And you hear, hear men talk down about women too, to be honest. Well, and frankly, men be doing some horrible things. Yeah. <laughs> same, same with women. All humans. Yeah, all humans do because look, yes. I know a lot of them that does some Ooh, ooh! I ain't do, you, some of these women, I'm like, y'all, uh, be careful who you choose as your partners in life because that's the real. Oh my god! But uh, the toxic stuff, like, yeah, it's crazy because people think a man is this than the third. Well, well, it's like we're shown this image of like the 1950s exactly. husband where it's like you're the man of the household and you pay the bills and you get the money and your wife does what you says and your kids do what you say yeah. and you go to work and you wear the suit and you're the boss, right? And we're in a society that says that's not fair. Yeah. Men should not be exclusively running the household. Parenthood is this shared beautiful thing, right? Yeah. Children should not just be beaten. You know, yeah. it's all of these different different elements where it's like yeah. we we've inherited what it means to be a man from people whose idea of manhood was very different yeah. and there's all of these dialogues in our culture that are undoing that and those right. dialogues are still going on and we and, and, and all of us are, are are tuning into those dialogues and saying what does this mean for me right yeah. so as a man i think of our class yeah, I, yeah we had the class together yeah. the, the class i met you in there were a number of, of very intelligent, wonderful women in our class. Yeah. I think of how little that they were able to speak up. Ooh. And I think of I ain't never thinking like me that. in the classroom, how do I create space because I'm talkative. Yeah, me, same, same I, We talk a lot in class. We have things to say and we want to be heard. Yeah. They, they have things to say and they want to be heard. So I think how do we create space and, and, and make our masculinity more safe and more, more healthy so that we aren't dominating discussions so when we're having a discussion it's not us running the show it's us saying our piece and them saying their piece and the next person saying their piece and it's this healthy community dialogue but i feel like they, i think i think our uh, professor did a good job of creating that space yeah. because i feel like half the time like yeah you want them to speak up but you give them opportunities sometimes they don't even take it because like they feel like it's not a space for them to put place for them to talk. Yeah. But I feel like that's what's so hard. It's so they, hard because like they've, we give spent, a, they've yeah. spent a lifetime where they have been told that their role in life is just to submit, stay quiet, yeah, step out of the way, yeah, because that's that's what misogyny is. Yeah, it, 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 it's literally it sidelines women, yeah. and, and all of us play a role in unlearning that and dignifying women and empowering them. But and I also feel like women can also learn how to. Stop doing the same thing to men as well too, because because mm. a lot of women these days they objectify men, and okay. by financial financially height wise body the same way oh. too. No, yeah, yeah exactly. Body positivity is is a is a huge thing. Because like 
the same way like they I feel the, like the, the they, discourse where yeah. people like I only want to date someone who's six foot tall. Yeah, or I only want somebody who already owns a money. house and makes six figures. Exactly. Yeah, but they don't want a guy. Wait. Shut the fuck up, Siri. <laughs> you gonna edit that out? Oh yeah, I always edit this part. Okay. okay. All right, but no, it's like how women don't want to be objectified by how they look, their body, what they wear. Yeah, I feel like they should not be objectified. Turning that, yeah. That. I f- so yeah. I, feel, I feel like that's that. This is kind of a broader thing because that where what, what you like, where yeah. what you have is we're saying let's deal with misogyny, but misogyny is one piece of this bigger, bigger puzzle. puzzle. And and so the big that's why I would say for me that's why I value so much intersectionality. Yeah, where you're thinking about yes, misogyny created this world where women are marginalized. But men are also hurt by misogyny. Exactly. All of us are victims of this system. Like, like the, the way that a woman thinks well, of a th- man. Think, think, of, yeah. think of our emotions. We yeah. are taught that we are not allowed to feel emotions. Exactly. We, live, we live such many. And I cry a lot. Exactly. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. But many men live a lifetime where they isolate themselves. They and have no they space to suicide. express themselves. They, why men, they People don't understand. The highest rate of suicide comes from men. Well, see, and that's another part of it. Men are taught that we are strong. The yeah. men, men buy guns. Yeah. So. Think about you got a gun in the home. Yeah. You had a hard day at work. Your grandma died. Your kids hate you. The dog died. It's, it's 20 years later. You hate your life. You come home. That gun's in the closet. That gun's staring you in the freaking face. Yep. And you're sitting there, and for two years, you're joking yourself. You're like, I got that gun. I could just do it. Yeah. And, and, then, and then four years pass, and don't get no better. And that's that's how it happens. People, yeah. it's, but the thing is, those people have needs that are not being met. Yeah. Those people need to be in community. They need to be valued. They need to be dignified. Yeah. And they need, frankly, the other part, their basic needs may not be met. Right? Like housing, housing, food, all of these different things. Their mental well-being, Thanks. it's not being met. And all it's that domino effect where it gets worse and worse and worse. And then you live life on the edge for so long, sometimes you fall off. Yeah. I, I've been there. Yeah. Cause I know you, you. Cause in class you was talking about how you switched whole career fields. Oh yeah, cause yeah. I was so damn depressed. <laughs> <laughs> and like the man depression is so, so worse in this day and age. Cause, cause we're like, told we have to keep it inside. Yeah, cause like now, even the point where like we do open up to certain people, some of them women turn around and use that against us. Oh, and so, then, yeah, it's, it's a roll of the dice. Or if you're gonna have somebody exactly. that, that that is gonna engage with that in a healthy way to get you on the path to healing exactly and then on top of it too you got women that belittle you because like one if you don't have certain like i said money mm-hmm. in other circumstance so you're telling me i'm less of a man because i don't have this i'm like so how you gonna tell me what my de- uh, definition of a man is when you're not even a man or your own mm. it's just like me telling a woman what a woman is, and I'm not a woman. Mm-hmm. So I look at it like there's such a... You are a whole and complete invalid human. Exactly. And it doesn't matter if you're making six figures. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm hearing. Exactly, because like, at the end of the day, people look at, they look at it like this. This is the window for what is a man mm-hmm. or, this, or what is a woman. Mm-hmm. This is what they believe. You got to be in this box. Mm-hmm. When reality is... We got to shatter that window no, and it can be anything. No, this is the reality. Boom. Take the hands away. It's all, the whole world. The whole world. There's no one thing that makes a man a man, mm-hmm. and there's one thing that makes a woman a woman. Mm-hmm. And until we get over that part where we trying to say, no, a woman do this, a woman do that, no. Yeah. What a man do, this is what a man supposed to do, this is what a man do that. No, that might not be the type of man 
that you're involved with. Mm-hmm. I mean, like something like, frankly, like for me, like I would love to be a stay at home dad one day. Oh, trust me, I'm working on that right now. That's what I'm saying. What a dream! You could, <laughs> you, you, you could sit at home, nurture these children, give them the advice you never got, yeah. and also. Then you got time to do the things you want. Then you got time for your podcast. I got time for my poetry. I got time for time for the things that matter most because, mm-hmm. like most women, still think, "Oh, man, supposed to go out there and work and everything." I told every. That's why I'm probably happy all happy off single because mm-hmm. if I ever date a woman, I'm like, you gotta be equally yoked. You, you want you want to share that. I want I want to share it with you because like. What, we're in a partnership. Like you said, this is a partnership. Mm-hmm. This ain't no 50-50. It's 100%. I'm giving 100. You give them 100. Yeah. We're going to make this well, shit work. And, and, and sometimes you got to yeah. show up for them in ways that you didn't expect. And sometimes yeah. they got to do show more. Show up for me. But, but, yeah. it, but it's, 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 it's a give and take. It's a, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a two-way road. Yeah. But no, so you say you, you quit. I remember you quit your one job because you were hella depressed. Well, I completely, I completely switched career fields. Because so, you was uh, IT. So, so I, yeah. So when I was little and I went to college, I was like, I like computers. I play video games. I play way too many video games. I've always played video games. Nothing wrong with video games. They get you paying bills now. <laughs> so, so I told I was, you, mom. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I love computers. I guess I'm majoring computers. Uh, I said that to them. They're like, oh, IT, cool. So, so that's where I ended up, right? And I studied it. And I loved it. You know, I, I learned to program. I learned to to be a systems administrator, data administrator. They teach you a little bit of everything, right? This buffet of, of career field, of career. Of, so you have the- Nothing career, wrong with the buffet. <laughs> you, got, you got the industry and then they're like, oh, you get a little sample of this, a little sample of that and all the different subsets of that industry. And it became a thing where I, I tried many different jobs in that space and I was just deeply unfulfilled because just sitting, simply sitting at a computer or simply performing technical tasks to me was insufficient. I want to connect with people. And mm-hmm. I needed a role where I could balance my love for technology and because t- technology to me is something that unites people. It's something that, that gives yeah. us the means to bridge gaps. I think I think I think of I think of, uh, uh, of, of like you know the internet, right? Yeah. The internet is is just it's just the newest form of communication. I mean, it's it's the it's, it's the printing press on the, of the twenty first century, Fair. you know, in, in the twentieth century, and and, and and it simply revolution revolutionizes the way that we communicate and interface interface with our community, with our people, with our family, with our friends. It, it's changed everything. Yeah. And so to me, I see that as a deeply beautiful thing, and also. Uh, I mean, people have the, the opposite opinion, right? That it's horrible. Frankly, it doesn't matter what we believe; it is what it is. This is the, how we use it. The internet exists; it's not going away. Yep. So I, so I, now. so I think of how do we get people in these spaces that are going to shape uh, technology and the way that we use technology in a healthy way, and mm-hmm. also use it to continue to empower people. And so that's what I was all about: is I want to find ways to marry my love for technology with my values. And so I said, you know what? I fi- we talked about I found myself in college, right? College yeah. is where I first felt treated with respect. I was like, you know what? I want to work at a college. <laughs> and I, at, I, hey, Ella, where are you working at now? I'm working at a college. So, <laughs> so, so I said I've had these mentors because I mentioned my that, that one middle school teacher. I had a dozen of him in college. Yeah. I had so many people, so many wonderful right. people that work on this campus that changed my life. And I said – Every single one of them, I carry pieces of them with me every day and every single day and every conversation and everything that I do, all of the lessons that they taught me have it propelled me to success. They, so the, I, shot from, I shot over McDonald's and landed at the university, and now I'm shooting over to a, to a career that actually can put me somewhere, that yeah. actually can help me help people. That's, that's what's up. And, 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 so, and so I completely switched, and gosh, it was hard because, you know, I was at the end of my bachelor's degree. I'm like, oh, gosh, I already got it. I'm, I'm finna have a degree. I can't, you can't switch when you have a degree. Oh, you already got the degree. So I, I sat and I, I, the biggest thing, my biggest piece of advice is you really got to connect to mentors. You really got to find people who understand what's going on with you. And they, it, it, and you literally just be frank. Be like, I want to get lunch with you. 
I want to get, and then you get lunch. I want to be where you're at. How do I get there? <laughs> nope. and, and and they will give you the tools, and they will connect. And, connect and, the and dots. It, it's hit or miss. Sometimes you try to connect with somebody like that, they don't want it. Sometimes you do, and but you'll find your people. You will find that that person who you have a natural connection with, who who matches your energy, who is a mentor that can an elder, an elder that can yeah. be there for it, for you and show up for you in that way. And you'll find many of them, right? And we will be you will be it ta- like it takes a village, right? The, the yeah. quote, you know, it takes a village. To Always raise. take a village, especially. Yes. Sir. Exactly. So, so my biggest thing is, I would say, when you're struggling in that way, when you're trying to think, "Oh God, I got a whole life," then how the hell are you supposed to know what you're going to do at 18? Nobody does. Nobody does. So, but, you know, really, that's where it comes down to finding those mentors and and really connecting and, and, and utilizing those long-term relationships and thinking, "Gosh, like, can you help me figure this out?" Because they are already there, and if they love their job, if they love their space, their industry. They can give you the tools to think: Is this something for me, or can they point me in the direction of something that is more for me? Oh, so what do you believe your life purpose is? Oh, that's a that's a loaded question. Uh, so, so for me, the purpose of life uh, is is about it, it, it's about like we're talking about all these different issues, right? Yeah. So we're talking about here's here's things that are affecting gay people. You as a black man, yeah. you're, you're interfacing with the black community. Now that I work in the higher education industry, I'm thinking of what's going on in higher education. You are a communications professional. You're thinking of what's going on in communications. Yeah. So there's all of these different spaces. And what unifies them? It is communities of people who are struggling. Yeah. The end. So here is this community of people that is struggling. There's 10 billion of those communities. All of these spaces that we build that exist beyond us, okay? okay. So you've got all these communities, all these spaces, and so I exist in these communities. Okay. I have all these little circles that I'm in. You have all these circles that you're in. Yeah. I exist in these circles, and there are a few things that can happen. I can simply do as I'm told and just deal with life, put my head down, accept what I've given, accept the world that I'm given, or I can dream, right? And I can sit down and I can say, what is... How do I change these things, right? So I think of, uh, I, I, th- I think of the bigotry I've experienced in my life, right? I think of uh, a lot of hurdles that I've dealt with as someone who's escaping poverty, yeah. right? I think of how 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 many of my people, the people that I'm in community with, struggle with food and housing insecurity, struggle with uh, paying for college, struggle with escaping, right? We talked about you got to find that way to get out. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, in all of our lives, we will be exposed to these things. And we have, you, have to, you have to do more than just experience it. You have to synthesize it. So you have all this trauma, yes. you got to find a point when you, where you're at in life where you can sit down. you got all these boxes of trauma it, well, in foster care. You're yeah. sitting under all these boxes. You're suffocating. You're saying, bro, I'm going to just die, whatever. <laughs> you got to start lifting. Yeah. you got all these boxes pushing you down. you got to pick up a box. you got to unpack the motherfucker. you got to take it out, and you got to, oh, man. This went. This when I was beat. This was my guidance counselor didn't treat me with respect. This was when, uh, you know, I almost went to the military because I wanted to die. <laughs> right, and you got to start thinking those things through. You got to synthesize it, and 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 when you when you lie up at night and you're thinking, you will arrive at answers, and you will say, okay, I struggled so much, and there are other people that struggled. How do I reduce their struggle? How do I be part of bettering my community? And tapping into the conversations. So I, as a higher education professional, I dedicate myself in everything that I do to focusing not just on inclusion, but on equity, on on building spaces 
They empower people. And frankly, I don't have much power to do these things. I'm an entry-level professional. Yes, sir. But I think of the arc of my lifetime, right? Yeah. I landed, I skipped McDonald's, I landed at university. You're the president. I skipped all, all these things as I'm climbing the corporate ladder, right? Yeah. As, I'm, as I'm making waves in my life, as I, every meeting I'm in, I bring this with me. Something that, that really shaped me is I think of the people that didn't get out. And I, it is not my place to tell their stories, but there are people that I grew up with who died, people who killed themselves, people who overdosed, and it is not my place to tell their stories. That is their families, yeah. right? I think of members of my family who did not get out. Yeah. Every single room that I'm in, I'm not speaking for myself, I'm speaking for them. Not speaking for them, but I'm thinking of how abused and forgotten they were, and I'm thinking, how do we prevent that? happen again how do we make sure that every young person is dignified and has a path to success how do we make sure that when you're there you're not forgotten because it's everywhere think of elders think of people who are 50 60 yeah. there's so much elder abuse people people the elders are forgotten they live their lives in depression because they're isolated they're sitting mm -hmm. in their suburban houses with nothing to do and nobody to talk to that's what i'm saying all of us struggle so if all of us struggle and if i struggle and if i can help understand that struggle then i can help destroy that struggle i can help better my people and my people is different my communities that i'm a part of is different from you is different from somebody else yeah. and so we all tune in to what's going in in our community and play a role in bettering our community. Damn, that's true. Boy, you just hit me with the... I feel like that was a poem. I'm very existential. Hey, I feel like that was a poem right this, this, this is how my brain thinks. Every single thing I do, that's what I'm channeling it through. I'm thinking, how do I lay, lay a brick that builds a better building? And connects everything together. Mm -hmm. Man... Do you got a poem for that? Because I feel like you hey. I got a poem for everything, my dog. <laughs> Look, I felt like that was a poem, but uh, I feel like you got a poem. Oh, absolutely. This this one is uh, it's a little shorter. Okay. Hit me it's with. untitled. So much poetry is untitled. Okay. So, so much art is untitled. Titles are hard things. I am art. Yes, sir, you are. But Body art, muscles. <laughs> <laughs> but, art, but art is hard. Putting putting words to what art is is hard. Yeah. But this one is, is, is about community. It's very metaphorical. Okay. And it's very short. Okay. Hit me with it. A broken community is an unwatered garden. Not an eventuality, but a sign of failure. A broken person is simply that garden's bounty. But even a poor harvest can sustain you, though it takes the gentle care of one's careful elders to turn nothing into a family dinner. A wilted rose tells us nothing of the flower and everything of the gardener. So we are the wilted roses. We are we are we are the people that were abandoned and forgotten and marginalized. Oh. And the garden is this world, you know what I mean? And it's not we that are broken. You are not marginalized because it's the system that's broken. Exactly. And then how do we heal? How do we heal our communities? How do we fix these systems? How do every one of us get in and challenge every bit that builds up to result in these outcomes and better ourselves. And it's everywhere. It's everything. It's every job. It's every person in the entire world. Because my, my, one of my friends that actually was on the podcast, he supposed to be coming on for a second episode, we are talking literally about the systems of the world mm -hmm. and the systems of, like, not even just, just the world, religion and everything, too. 
because it's not the religion that a lot of people rebel against. It's the system that it's is the, it's the structure. It's the it's, church. It's the system that they oppress upon it because the system of everything, like systems actually will get us more disconnected from each other. So he was saying if you actually take away these systems and actually treat others like how you want to be treated, which was the word and the message in the Bible, in the in in the uh, Quran and every t- form of of religious text, treat the others how you want to be treated. You get really more connections physically than systematically with the. I hear yeah. no, so you. And when he said that, he had me at an awe. And look, this is like literally moments before my birthday. Mm. So like he he drove me out for my birthday, get up in there and like hit me with that nugget. So my mind was just blown. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you sit on that and you stew on that and you think on that. Exactly. And, 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 and the other thing is when you get those conversations with yourself started, yeah. you finish that conversation three months later, you got to keep pushing yourself. You got to keep thinking, how do, how, how do I challenge the bounds of how I consider the world? How do I how do I expand so that I'm not just fighting for me? I'm fighting for everybody. We are exactly. all we are all here to uplift and support each other. Exactly. But most people don't even see that, man. Well, but see that that's intentional. That, that, like yeah. we, we, we are we are intentionally isolated. Exactly. Because the world wants to stay the way the world is. In all of the structures of the world, the news media, the education oh, yeah. system, all of these things are internally stable and they create and reproduce themselves generation after generation after generation. And so it's a matter where we're challenging the boundaries. Mm. We're looking outside of the scope of what we're given. Outside of the norm, mm-hmm. trying to find a different way to do whether it. Whether it's sexuality, whether it's yeah. your career, anything. Yeah. Dang. Bro, this whole episode had my mind just freaking blown. Bro, oh man, damn. Man, well, Hunter. Yes, sir. I know we're about to come to the point where we're wrapping everything up. I usually tell this point, I like tell everybody, leave a biggest takeaway from mm-hmm. the episode, but we're going to do a little bit different this time. Okay. Because your poetry has been real powerful. I was wondering, do you have a poem that can actually close us out, and then after that I'm giving my closing remarks. And cause yeah. I, feel, yeah, I feel like, I, I, I feel, matter of fact, let me get my closing remarks first. And then we'll hit with the poem. And hit me with the poem. Yes, sir. And then we're going to go out that way. How about that? Okay. Man. So my biggest takeaway from this episode. Stop. The stereotypes and the labels that we've put upon each other. Stop using it for hate. Mm-hmm. And embrace each other's differences. And spread more love in the world. Mm-hmm. Because without love, we give way to the hate, and when hate take over, we get more it's cases violence and violence exactly, and, violence. and all the shades. This is our place where kids and the next generation can grow up in. Because the more way we give way to hate, the more. More like the more bodies in the street. I mean, yeah. the more Basically, I'm more people hell, hanging, more pieces of hell that we let loose on this earth. Mm-hmm. But go ahead, and close this out with a poem. Okay. Well, so I feel like we're talking about structures. We're talking about we're talking about violence, right? Yes. We're talking about how people are hurt by this world. Yes. I feel like th- th- this this is one of the favorite po- my favorite poems that I've written. 
because this zooms in on one particular one. And I feel like this is a good example of when you're living your daily life and you're thinking about these systems and you're thinking about your relationship to these systems and you're thinking about what are the failures, what are the shortcomings, how do we address that? How do I deal with this in my community? How do I amplify that message outside my community? So this is something that I haven't dealt with. But it's about, uh, I, I like to think about everything. This is about the immigration system. Okay. <laughs> but I feel like it's a good metaphor. It's a good stand-in for any of these issues okay. because it's about the failure of a system and it's about the expectations. So so the original poem, this, this poem's a parody. Okay. The original poem, you can Google it, is A New Colossus. So a, a, it's the Statue of Liberty. When they were dedicating the Statue of Liberty, they, there was a whole thing. They basically selected a poet. And the poet wrote a poem that was about to capture what the Statue of Liberty meant. Yeah. And so that poem, I'll, I'll, very briefly I'll read, uh, was about kind of the image, the meaning, the values behind the Statue of Liberty. So it's really about you have people across the world that are struggling, and they can come here and live the American dream. And they can free themselves and better themselves and be in community. So that original poem, you can Google, A New Colossus, was okay. give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore, send these, the homeless tempest tossed to me, I lift my hand beside the golden door. So that's the original. Okay. That's her saying, this is the Statue of Liberty, this is, it is beckoning to the people of the world, come to America, this is your liberation, right? Yeah. That's the message. It's saying, this is your home. This is the home of the downtrodden who right. we uplift. Right. And what I'm saying is that that image, that story they've told has failed. We are not living up to that image. No. We have, we, 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 the, the way our immigration system is built, the way our economic system is built, all of these different things do not live up to that image. Okay. So this in particular is just a parody of that. And the, the title is A Colossus Fallen because <laughs> the original is A New Colossus. <laughs> ah. So it's about this big, beautiful statue, right? And, and it's, that's built on, I mean, it's the Colossus of Rhodes, it's the whole thing. We go down that tangent. Okay. But, <laughs> so the original is A New Colossus. It's saying that here is the new world order, right? The old, the old Colossus, right? It's, Greek. It's obsolete. It's, it's, that's how the world worked then. Here is how the world works now. And the metaphor was that the Statue of Liberty is a metaphor for how the world works. Yeah. So my, my, my iteration on that history of art is saying that that metaphor is beautiful and wonderful, but it is not the world. Yeah. It is not the reality. Yeah. So I am saying that the, the new Colossus is fallen. Okay. Here we go. So, and, and just to clarify, the first, I'll say something, that's me quoting it, and then the second part is me making fun of it. I got you. <laughs> okay. So... Give me your tired, so long as their visa hasn't expired. Your poor, but just make sure they don't move next door. Your huddled masses, but make sure that their skin tone passes. Yearning to breathe free, first pay a naturalization fee. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore, only if their country of origin isn't at war. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. As long as they're a famous artist or have a PhD. I lift my hand beside the golden door, the door to a nation whose heart beats no more. Man. Remember this, people. Dream big dreams. Small dream have a little magic. And remember, how big would you dream if you know you couldn't fail? So I want to thank y'all for tuning in for this episode from Voice of Men. I want to thank my friend Hunter for coming in and sharing. I want to thank all y'all for all y'all love and support. Uh, and stay tuned for many more episodes. And 
and trust me, we're not stopping. I'm trying to propel over McDonald's and get to the college like you did. <laughs> sir, <laughs> yes, you sir. are on your path. Yes, sir. And remember, peace, love, and happiness. Y'all take care of yourselves. Yes, sir. Better throw some respect on my name. Gotta remind these folks on the daily. Cause I ain't really been myself as lately. My mind's evolving and my heart is changing. Starting to see the world how it should be. It's positively sweet like a half full glass of tea. And I don't know every day my grandmama pray for me. Hey. And I know exactly what she probably say about me. Give that girl some love.